friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 49. Happy Halloween. This episode is dedicated to the scariest things in all of sports right now. It's also brought to you by Skims. <laughs> just, just kidding. Can you imagine, though? That would be fun. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kim Kardashian's underwear brand, they just struck a deal with the NBA to become the official underwear of the NBA. And Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder guard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, is the face of them for the men's line. And his first official game wearing them, he went out and went 2 for 16 with 7 points. <laughs> anyway, kind of fun. Good for Kim Kardashian. That's great. Uh, how's everybody doing? I hope you've all had a great week. Happy Halloween. I hope you go out. If you've got kids, go trick-or-treat. If you don't have kids, go trick-or-treat. Take some candy off somebody's front porch when they leave the bowl out, which is what I'm going to do. Or don't, and be honest. But regardless, I hope you have a happy Halloween. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. Like I mentioned, we're going to go through and just talk about some of the scariest things in sports. That could be scary as in actually scary. That could be scary as in scary good. That could be scary as in scary bad. Just scary. We're going to talk about it. And the first thing, this isn't scary. It's kind of spooky. Uh, that yesterday was a sports equinox. Kind of fun. Baseball, hockey, football, and basketball, all in the same 24 hours that God gifted us with. How about that? Only the 30th ever, which is kind of fun. It's a fun stat. Uh, yeah, more spooky, scary, kind of fun. Uh, let's dive into this. Again, hope you all had a great week. I hope for all my Philly listeners that you guys for once have had a good little week. You know, let's forget about the Phillies debacle. The birds win again. The Sixers are fun. Yes, I'm saying that. It's not a joke. They actually are fun. We'll talk about it. Basketball is officially, officially back. It was a good week. Now let's start with the first scariest thing in all of sports right now. And that would be a man by the name of Tyrese Maxey. Everyone talked about him making another leap this season. We talked about it last week. Again, we talked about it not really being fair to him with all the James Harden situation, which is still very much going on, but it's been placed on his shoulders, for better or for worse. We're very early. It is a very small sample size, only three games in, but he looks like he is making that leap. He makes he is making that all-star leap. He was just named the very first of the season, the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Maxi averaged 30.3 points a game, 6.7 rebounds, and 6.3 assists. He's got the Sixers sitting at 2-1, and one, but more importantly, he has a lot of Philly fans actually starting to get engaged and excited about the Sixers again. Drew Hanlon tried to warn us before the season started that Maxi was ready for this jump, and I think the entire basketball world is actually seeing it firsthand. And it's not like, look, these games aren't against just like slouch teams, right? It's not like he came out and played against Charlotte all three games. Game one was against Dame and the Bucks, which leads me to my second scariest thing in sports, and that is NBA officiating. I saw two of the worst calls, and I, I exaggerate a lot. They were truly two of the worst calls I've ever seen in basketball, and it was game one. The first of them, Giannis, in a very crucial time in the game, goes up for a layup. He airmails it. He ends up catching his own air ball on the other side of the rim, which is a travel. Nobody calls anything. He catches his own air ball, dishes it out to Dame, who hits a three. It turns out the Bucks would win the game by one point. Those three points that shouldn't have been there, they were huge. 
And the worst of it all, the refs explained it, that the ball slipped out of Giannis's hand and it wasn't an actually a shot attempt. What the hell is that? I'm a little bit more over it now, but it's still baffling. It's still infuriating. And I was really going through it when it happened live. I just couldn't believe it. It was so bad. I absolutely couldn't believe it. The next was a call. It was a flop on Jay Crowder that they didn't call a flop. Kelly Oubre Jr., who we'll talk about in a second, uh, who I'm loving, uh, just had a little dribble handoff. He was not going to make any type of contact, wasn't trying to set a pick, clearly was to the side of Crowder. Crowder initiates the conversation, or the contact, the conversation, that's hilarious. He initiates the contact with his hands, flops to the ground. They call a moving screen on Oubre. Ultimately, both those calls end up making a real difference in the outcome of the game, which really sucks. But the Sixers showed fight, they showed life, and weirdly, I think that made a lot of Sixers fans really happy. And let's talk about the Sixers for a second. And let's talk about what's scary. And what's scary about the Sixers is how they were able to get me all the way 100,000% back in so quickly. I mean, seriously. (gasps) Game one, it was just a fight to get back into the game, which honestly, they should have won. Game two, it was seeing a Nick Nurse coach team get a win in Toronto against his former team. Game three, it was seeing the ball fly around the floor from Sixer to Sixer, Ball touching the hands, flying all over the place like we've never seen before. Truly, we haven't seen movement on a Sixers team like that in years, and it's actually insane to see. The two-man game between Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey is otherworldly. We talked about it last week, about the J.J. Redick and Embiid two-man game, some with Seth Curry and Embiid, both very, very good offensive two-man games, but Bless their hearts, J.J. and Seth would just get picked out on the defensive end every single play down the court when it mattered. Again, both of them were very dynamic. They were very effective and efficient offensively. But this Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid has the potential to blow both of those out of the water completely. There was one possession in the game against Portland. I am not kidding. I probably watched upwards to 50 times. I cannot get enough of it. The ball movement, the spacing, it's not just Embiid and Maxey. Tobias Harris moving from the corner, DeAnthony Melton spacing to the corner, PJ in the dunker spot. Everything was perfect. Embiid looks off the defense with his eyes, kicks it to Maxi in the corner for a three. It is just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful basketball. It's bizarre to see it happen for the Sixers. It's so fluid. It's so smooth. I absolutely love it. Another member of the Sixers who we mentioned earlier, Kelly Oubre Jr. Let's talk about him and how he's scary and falls into this. It's scary how well he is fitting in with the Sixers team. It's scary how cheap he came to Philly for. And it's scary how much I bought into the idea that the Sixers probably go to the finals last year if we had Kelly Oubre Jr. on last year's roster. That sounds hilarious, but I'm 1,000% convinced. I said it last week. I've said it multiple times since we signed him. He is exactly the type of wing that the Sixers have needed for forever. What's amazing, too, is he's not just a chucker three games into the season like we all have seen in his entire career. He's been efficient. He's slashing. He's cutting. He's moving without the ball. He's loving his teammates. He's talking trash to opposing teams' crowds. I love him, man. Kelly Oubre, uh, welcome to Philly. Absolutely love having him on the team. A lot of people were tweeting me saying, hey, let's get him in the starting lineup. No, we need him coming off the bench, especially right now with this whole Harden situation. Don't touch anything. Keep everything as is. I love it. Truly love it. The Sixers, man. Just fantastic. 
I, I am so happy. I can't even tell you how happy I am that the season started like this. And I think we can credit literally everything. Well, you can narrow it down to Nick Nurse. He has these dudes completely bought in. Completely bought in. And man, it makes me happy. It makes me so happy. I don't know. It just feels good to actually be excited about the Sixers, to see actual real change. Now, a, a couple of people on Twitter, too, were hitting me up being like, yo, this team doesn't need to change. They were, what, the third seed last year? They were the first seed a couple years ago. They don't need to change. And look, that's not what I'm saying. But the way that they're playing basketball has changed. If you watch it, it's totally different. Joel Embiid is looking to pass. He's making great decisions. He's playing more on the defensive end. That's what we need, especially with Tyrese Maxey making this jump without James Harden, who, by the way, I don't know how he fits in on this team if he does decide to play. They are playing so free, so fluid, so fast that honestly, game one against Milwaukee, I'm like, uh-oh, how's Joel going to fit into this? He played in one preseason game. He looked out of shape. How's he going to fit into this just fast flying offense? Clearly, he got it figured out. He's scoring, he's dominating, he's doing what Joel does, but he is doing it efficiently. Tyrese doing it efficiently. Tobias last game against Portland doing it efficiently. I like the way this team is playing. It makes me very, very happy. Thank you, Nick Nurse. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Again, three weeks, uh, three games in, very early, first week, uh, but I'm thrilled. Let's talk about the next thing. And that is, it's scary watching the video of Bradley Beal shoot in practice. If you have not seen the video, you need to. It's really sad. He's missed a couple games to start the season so far with the back injury. Now look, back injuries, they hit a little closer to home on this podcast. Jer, my brother, the co-host of the Brotherly Love and Hate segment, he's laying down, not able to move, almost in a vegetable-like state right now while I record this because he just had back surgery. Let's hope for Bradley Beal's sake, He's taken a little bit better care of himself than Jer did. Or maybe just that God loved Bradley a little bit more than he loved Jer and didn't give him scoliosis too. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, watching the video gave me some PTSD. And it was Markel Fultz shooting form PTSD. It did not look good. It just looks painful. Back is no joke. He, I, I hope for his sake that it's nothing too serious. But that video left me worried and scared. Truly. The next scary thing on this list, how about the NBA courts that were released for the midseason tournament yesterday? I don't know exactly how to feel about them. For, again, we haven't seen them in person. For those who haven't seen pictures, look them up. They're actually all pretty insane. Crazy colors. It's crazy and unlike anything that the NBA has ever done. On one hand, I respect that attempt. I think the thought was in the right place. I like it. It's kind of putting some pizzazz on this midseason tournament for the first year, but I don't know how they're going to look in person or they're going to look live. They are the brightest of colors. <gasps> I don't know if there's a single good court that I saw, at least from the pictures. And also, it's hilarious to me that the Jazz whole purple is back campaign, uh, when they have the ugliest uniforms in the entire league with that black, neon yellow, and white. Uh, but their court for the midseason tournament is light purple. So purple is back, all right. But the jury's still out on all these. I don't know. Again, I like the thought, but we'll see what they actually look like in person. And honestly, they're scary to the point that this is probably going to keep me up at night. The The Sixers red court is so bright. It, 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 I, don't, I don't know. I won't be able to stop thinking about it. It's going to keep me up at night, and I don't need that. I've got a newborn at home. I need some sleep. 
Now, this is not something that the majority is of, of, of my listeners, they, they want to hear, right? Every, I know a lot of you are Philly fans. I appreciate that. I'm grateful. But this dude is my favorite player, so I'm going to talk about it. And that's how scary it is that Jack Hughes makes the game of hockey look so easy. It's just scary how unbelievably good at hockey Jack Hughes is. He is on an absolute tear of tears. He's leading the league in points with 18 now. He's leading the league in assists with 13, majority of those being primary assists. He's a, he has a three-point lead for overall points, a two-assist lead for overall assists, and the Devils have only played eight games. He became the first and only American-born player to record 17 points in his first six games to start the season. That is scary. He's a freak. I love him. It's also scary how it feels like there are weeks in between Devils games. What's that about? They play back-to-back games, and then it feels like they don't play for eight days. What the hell is that? I don't like that at all. Get that out of here. Okay, friends, time out for a minute because I want to chat about Griffles Plasma and also about how plasma makes medicines and how every donation you give with Griffles Plasma, it can be used to make up to five different medicines. Now, while there are lots of different plasma medicines used to treat a lot of patients for life-threatening injuries and illnesses, the point is that each time you donate, your plasma can be used to help save lives. Each time, that is huge. Multiply that by the number of times you give plasma, yep, you got it, even more huge. Kind of like Allen Iverson leading the 2001 Sixers to the NBA Finals all by himself. So shout out Griffles Plasma and all their teams across the country. Plasma makes medicines, and a lot of people depend on these medicines. Donate plasma and receive compensation for your efforts today. You can find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get some action on the NBA. It's Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can also pick from Rivals, which pits two players against each other for a head-to-head matchup. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use the code TBF24, that's TBF24, and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Are you a slave to the can? Why don't you grow up and maybe join CEDA, Can Energy Drinkers Anonymous. At Buffed Energy, our energy is literally too powerful for a can. It also includes ingredients that can't sit around in water for months, let alone a day. Our proprietary blend of organic mushrooms combined with nootropics and caffeine will give you the boost you love from energy drinks and the focus you desire when you ask your friends if you can get some Adderall from them. I literally drank one before setting my underdog fantasy lineup tonight for Monday Night Football, and guess who hit two pick'em slips? You're damn right, go birds. Buffed Energy, destroying energy drinks one can at a time. Calling all golfers. Do you have a problem three-putting? If you said no, you were either in complete denial or you're just a straight-up liar. Jokes aside, and in all reality, who doesn't? It's inevitable. We're all three-putters. Well, let me introduce you to a new lifestyle brand for golf that is made for us. The Three Putt Golf Company. Golf gear that meets the average golfer where they are, but looks like a professional brand. The first drop sold out in hours, but more are coming. Keep an eye out for the drop, discounts for That's Ball Folks listeners, giveaways, and more. Three Putt Golf Company. Everybody three putts look good doing it. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. I want to know who else is scary on my list? Who's next? That would be a man by the name of Arthur Juan Brown. Maybe it's Juan. I don't know because he goes by AJ Brown, a.k.a. Mega John. By the way, that's the greatest nickname that I think I have ever heard. Uh, a play on Megatron, Calvin Johnson, little Philly, Mega John. I absolutely love it. I need a hoodie with that on it immediately. This dude had his little disagreement on the sidelines with Jalen Hurts, and guess what he's done ever since? Let's break it down. 131 receiving yards against Tampa Bay. 175 against the Washington Commanders. 127 against the LA Rams. 131 against the New York Giants. 137 against the Miami Dolphins. And just this last weekend had 129. Two touchdowns against Washington again. He became the first player in NFL history with 125 or more receiving yards in six straight games. And guess who's next? Dallas, baby. Dallas. Dallas is in Philly next Sunday. It's going down. I'm feeling good. The birds are 7-1. and one, And want to know the scariest part? Is that they still aren't clicking all the way. They had two red zone turnovers. One of those, we'll talk about it in a second. Jalen Hurts fumbling on a tush push on the one. Uh, cost me 500 bucks, which is really unfortunate. 
they're banged up on defense. You know Howie Roseman's cooking something else up on the trade side of things. The secondary is going to get healthy again. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a uh, bruised bone, I think, in his knee. The offense is slowly putting it together with new offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, who, by the way, called his best game of the season last weekend. I feel really good. This team is slowly getting it together. Also, we got to talk about it. our guy, Britton Covey. I think he takes one back to the house. <laughs> his teammate was standing right in the middle of the field. And he ran right into him. All the momentum was gone. Uh, still a great return, but I'm not kidding. I think he probably houses that one. Uh, if I think, it, who was it? Dean? Just standing right there. Anyway, feel really good about this Birds team. Cannot wait for the Dallas game. If anybody is listening to this and wants action, uh, more specifically, you're feeling confident in the Cowboys, hit me up because you know I want in on that. Let's chat some college hoops, shall we? And what's going to be scary there? And what's going to be real scary is in the 2024 season because Cooper Flagg has committed to Duke. Yes, I am a Duke fan. Yes, that's probably annoying for a lot of listeners. I've always been a Duke fan. I give Jason Williams or Jay Williams, now he goes by, and JJ Redick props for that. I absolutely cannot wait to see this dude hoop there and dominate UNC and dominate the country. In all honesty, we've heard and seen so much about Cooper Flagg that I've kind of, in a weird way, just pictured him in a Duke uni because I think I read an article, maybe it was a slam article, that said he uh, was really interested in Duke, so I just kind of pictured that. Uh, So to wake up yesterday to that news that he's committed to the Brotherhood was just a lovely way to start the day. I may or may not be making it out to Cameron Indoor this season for a game, more than likely am, and... I be, look, I've been there before just to kind of take a look around. I snuck in. I think I talked about that. Uh, it was amazing. I can only imagine what Cameron Indoor is like in person for a game. That is going to be scary. Also, fun fact, I don't know if I've shared this on here or not. Uh, I think I have, maybe for like a March Madness episode. But I have never picked anybody but Duke for my March Madness bracket. Every single year, I filled one out my entire life. I don't even know the first year that I filled one out. But I have always taken Duke. And I'm not going to stop. I have the same thought too every single year. Even when I don't feel as confident in them, I still think, okay, well, if I don't pick them this year, they're going to win it all. And I'm not going to miss out on that. There's no way. So anyway, there's my fun fact. Uh, What else is scary on this list? This pains me to say, uh, but Oregon, Oregon football, me, oh my. I was sitting in the north end zone feeling real good, cuddled up next to my buddies. It was a chilly day. And I watched Oregon come out, hurry up offense, took Utah's defense right out of it. Bo Nix just putting the ball wherever he wants. And Oregon just came into Utah, punched us right in the mouth. And it was scary. It was scary from the very beginning. And it didn't stop. It's also scary how uh, Utah can't get a good backup quarterback. Now, I again, that sounds so rude and so funny and cliche of me to say because last episode I was just praising Bryson Barnes. But I think, and I yelled this out, but this last week, Oregon just putting the beat down on Utah made me officially realize how terrible USC is. They are terrible. How did they let Bryson Barnes come into their house and just run all over them, throw all over them? And then Oregon, he couldn't do anything. Man. And then Cal puts up 49 points on USC. They're lucky they even won. Ugh, bad. Anyway, that Oregon game. Oregon is for real. They're scary. But what else is scary is the Pac-12, who always beats up on each other, no matter what. There have been a couple different games. How about Stanford 
almost beating Washington. They almost won. I don't know. Uh, look, I'm not saying I think Utah is going to go into Washington and win. However, Utah, if they take can take care of business of with their other schools that they have got on the roster, they're looking real good. Anyway, take, uh, if you want to hear more about Utah, uh, let's take a look at my YouTube videos with the Utah Football Digest guys. Also, I have to give a shout out. Took my daughter to see a movie uh, yesterday, Nightmare Before Christmas in theaters. Uh, very fun. And uh, the people who are sitting right in front of us before the movie started, he turned around and he's like, dude, you look familiar. And I'm like, well, what's up, man? Like, you kind of look familiar too. Where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from up like northern Utah, but that's not it. I'm for sure younger than you, which was a little insulting. And he was like, is that a Utah blanket that your daughter has? I'm like, yeah, it is. And he's like, oh, dude, I totally watch your YouTube videos. That made me feel good. So that's fun. Anyway, I forgot his name. Very rude of me. Shout out if you're listening to this, my guy. We had to leave the theater a little early because my daughter got over the movie pretty quick. Anyway, fun. So if you want to hear more about Utah football, take a look. Uh, Something else that's scary, and that's how bad MLB umpires are. I don't know. A lot of you I know are Phillies fans. You probably haven't been watching the World Series. I get it. Look, I truly do understand. However, if you're a baseball fan, the series has been pretty fun. Game one was a blast. Game two... I didn't like as much. Game three was the umpire show. Terrible strike calls. One in the seventh, one in the ninth. It just is, it's so baffling that there is not a way that the MLB has already come up with. I know they're testing things in the minor leagues. We've talked about it last week. If that rule, challenge strike ball rule, is not implemented by the start of next season, I will be furious. The umpires were just atrocious atrocious and they honestly have been all postseason it's been really bad i don't care what team you root for everybody can admit and just realize wake up how absolutely embarrassingly bad they are get it together my goodness the next thing on the list there's only a couple more we'll round it out here quicker episode again want everybody to enjoy their halloween spend it with your family uh the next thing that's terrifying this isn't even scary it's terrifying And it's terrifying how terrible Jimmy Garoppolo is at playing quarterback. Holy crap. Did anybody watch the Monday night game? I was flipping back and forth between that and the World Series game. Jimmy G missed Devontae Adams for guaranteed touchdowns at least two times. There's a clip. I'm sure you've all seen it already. Devontae Adams is super pissed. Oh my goodness. We've got some news that just broke. This is fun. This is fun. Oh my James Harden traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Woj broke it. What's happening, baby? What's happening? Who's it for? Come on, Woj, break it. Wow, how about this? This is scary. This is scary fun. Also scary because it's unknown. What's happening? Uh, Thanks for bearing with me, but this is just fun new news. I am curious if the Sixers have saw Maxi and basically have seen what he's done uh, and decided to just jump on it right away. Or if the Clippers actually included Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, maybe. I don't know, but we're going to find out together. And boy, is this fun. I can't believe it broke. I'm recording this at 2 a.m. Eastern. Again, I'm in Utah, so it's not that late. It's midnight, but uh, all my Philly people, man, I'm sorry. If you guys aren't awake, this is, this is crazy. We need to find out who for. I'm tweeting back at Woj right now. 
Who for, Woj? Please tell us. My kids are crying. <laughs> uh, this is super fun. I can't wait to break the news when it actually comes out. And I will. The second Woj tweets. I can't talk about anything else until Woj tweets what it's for. Let the record state that Woj took about mm, 35 minutes to actually give us any type of details. What the hell? And a lot of details are coming out. All right. Let's break it down. Here we go. The Sixers trade James Harden, P.J. Tucker, for Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin. It said multiple draft picks and a pick swap, but here's the details. Clippers are sending a Sixers... Uh, sending these Sixers a 2028 unprotected first, which I love, two second round picks and a pick swap. Clippers are also routing the Sixers an additional future first round pick from a third team. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Also, the Sixers are waving Danny Green, which makes me sad, but to make room for the players that they brought in. How about that? My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Here's my honest thoughts. James Harden was never playing another game for the Sixers team. So I'm glad that we actually got something for him. Yes, a bunch of expiring contracts, not the greatest, but that we kind of figured that would be. We didn't get Norman Powell. We didn't get Terrence Mann. But we landed two first-round picks. We need to figure out what this uh, one from the third team is going to look like. But an unprotected first-round pick, especially in 2028 when all of the Clippers guys are gone, that's huge especially for a team that's looking to capitalize on Joel Embiid's championship window right now with Tyrese Maxey peaking at the right time. The two second round picks also are big. Look at this last offseason. There were multiple, multiple second round pick deals that were done. Pick swap always helps. I like it. I'm going to be honest. Marcus Morris just replaces PJ Tucker with that dog attitude. Him and Beverly are going to be absolute dogs together. Nick Batum, Probably the last year of his career, but guess what? He's still got meaningful basketball left in him. Robert Covington, fun homecoming for him. Uh, I'm actually really excited to see him in this new role for the Sixers. I love it. He just slides right into where Danny Green is. KJ Martin, a freak athlete who I think is going to excel with this team. Man. Again, I talked about it last week. I'm sad to see PJ Tucker go. He's gone. That sucks. Uh, but wow, what a move. Wow, I, I I can't believe it. I can't I can't believe it actually happened, and I can't believe it broke. And now it's not even going to be the first thing that we talk about, which sucks on this podcast. Uh, so if you made it this far, thank you. I'll make sure to tag once this trade actually broke, um, and go go from here. I, I've got some other guys on the list, but uh, for what is scary, this honestly feels like a stupid even <laughs> topic. <laughs> for a podcast at this point because uh this is all i want to talk about it's all i want to focus on man the sixers are gonna look a lot different and that is funny because i was just preaching on how they roped me right back in and how i was really excited about the sixers team hmm very young besides batum but i mean getting rid of Harden and pj tuck i don't know man i've got so many just so many thoughts going through my head right now crazy Crazy, crazy, crazy. Well, it's obviously and blatantly clear now that the keys have literally 
quite literally tonight been handed over to Tyrese Maxey. This is his ball club with Joel Embiid. That's the future. I, again, I'm worried about Embiid if things go south, if he demands out, or if this is all part of the process, if he's been a part, no pun intended, he's been a part of these uh, conversations, he's all in on it. I don't know. I, I like it. This is a move for the future. This is a move for, I mean, for all we know, the Sixers turn around and trade both these first round picks for somebody this season. An expiring deal at the deadline. At the deadline. Who knows? But I like it. Maxie's team and Bede's team lead us to the promised land. My goodness. Uh, that's it. We're going to end with that. All the scary stuff. Um, kind of funny. The only other thing I wanted to mention was how scary my underdog fantasy losing streak is. I can't win a pick em slip to save my life. But nobody cares about that. We just care about this James Harden deal and what the Sixers team is going to look like. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to have another episode that comes out this week too, just talking about it because we need to hear from Maury. I'm sure he'll do a presser. We need to hear from Embiid, all the players. Uh, let's, let's find out about it. Man, I'm not going to sleep an ounce tonight. I joked earlier that I was going to be up thinking about those stupid courts. Nope, I'm going to be thinking about this new look Sixers team. Wow, wow, wow. Also, looking at it from the Clippers side, man, that's a lot of dudes. They have got a lot of guys on their team. Too many. There's one ball. Very curious to see how Harden just fits in with Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know. A, a lot of a lot of Philly fans are like anti-Harden. They just hate Harden. They're good riddance. Get rid of him. I was never that way. Again, I'm a glass half full guy, but I was never that way at all. So I don't know. It just feels weird, but I actually feel really good about it. And we'll leave it at that. Man, oh man, that was fun. Anyway, I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic week. Um, again, I'll drop another episode where we just dive deep into this after we hear from all our guys, but... Man, fun. Fun for, for being on this journey with me. <laughs> Amazing. I hope you have a fantastic week. If you feel so inclined, do the like, subscribe, review, all that fun stuff. Again, I get to do this because you listen, so I really appreciate it. Love you all. Have a great week, and uh, that's ball, folks. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A.